0: And Jalen Carter, uh, yeah, almost ran away with defensive rookie of the year last night. You know, like Heisman moments? That would have been a Heisman moment. I think it still is. I thought it was the funniest fucking thing in the world that this kid, and this speaks to how gifted he is, he saw it on YouTube. (laughs)
1: Like, subscribe.
0: Where'd you learn that? Saw it on a YouTube channel. I almost made a play that no one in the history of the NFL has ever made. Thousands of spikes. Nobody ever thought about the guy Jumping under somebody's fucking legs. Allegedly, and the ball
1: Ed Reed tried it in practices a few years ago. But we
0: don't have tape on yeah. it. I don't have tape on it. This kid's special. <laughs> this kid's special. Welcome to the Green
2: Light Podcast. Cowboy, take me away. Awesome episode for you today. A big Eagles Chiefs recap. Maybe one of the biggest games of the year so far. Chris breaks down and gives his opinion on both teams after this match out, the Fallout for the Chiefs, what it means, where the Eagles are trending. And we break down each matchup of Week 12, the Thanksgiving games, the Friday game. Black Friday has a football game this year, and Sunday's matchups. A great in-depth episode for all you football fans, even gives out a couple betting nuggets. Y'all enjoy. Stay tuned for Friday. We have a very special episode. Chris, Kyle, Nate, all in studio, having a little bit of fun on Black Friday. Stay tuned for that. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there. We appreciate you being around. Much love.
0: Welcome to the podcast, this is the Green Light Podcast. This is a bunker pod, this is just the dudes. Everybody else, it's Thanksgiving week, I just got back from inside the NFL, it's raining cats and dogs, I, I just flew back from Philly, my pilot looked like Sully, there was a low ceiling, it was just a, it was like chopped salad up there, I'm really thankful to be here with you guys. A reminder, later in the week on Friday, we will have a show with Bo, uh, the Butter King, Nate Collins, Dr. Fax, and Kyle, who we haven't nicknamed yet. He's one of the only guys that doesn't get a nickname. I think it's because people are afraid to nickname him. Uh, we'll, we'll do kind of a mailbag, dudes in a basement kind of pod. So if, if, you know, Friday, you're not rushing into Best Buy to get the newest, whatever the fuck you kids are getting these days, I don't know what the equivalent of a Furby is in today's uh, culture, but like, if you're sitting at home and you're not doing the brick and mortar shopping and you just have a hangover and you're eating leftovers and you wanna hear a bunch of guys get stoned and talk about bullshit, that will be Friday. I'm gonna try to keep this thing brief. I don't have anybody to play with. Um, It's just me and the boys here uh, alone at this desk, so I'm gonna rifle through these previews the best I can. We've got some news, the Mac Canada news, we have the Shaq Leonard news. Um, but more than anything, that Monday night game.
1: Yeah, Eagles fans have a lot to be grateful for.
0: A lot to be grateful for, man. So do I. You so does
1: America. That was the highest rated Monday night game in over 25 years. 29 million people watched.
0: You could feel wow. that. Okay, that's, that's crazy, right? And I think part of it is because people are so starved to see two good teams play each other in primetime. Like, I, I, I didn't go back and look at every primetime game this year. There's been some good games, but I felt like watching that, got to the hotel, rushed there, been watching the first quarter on you know YouTube TV on my phone, but to get in the hotel, me and Noel watching this this game, kind of awkward to check into a hotel with another dude <laughs> and just get one key and head up to the room. <laughs> like I almost sent you up the elevator a little bit before me or something like that. He's a good amount younger
1: than you too. Yeah,
0: right, exactly, like, I get this. Especially since I left at midnight. <laughs> he did leave at midnight. All eyes are, I just saw Chris Long, somebody at the bar was like, I just saw Chris Long check into his room with, uh, I think maybe his down low. He had a bunch of notepads. I don't know, this is just the way my head works. Anyways, uh, we were in the hotel watching this game and it was it was, the vibe in this thing, it's palpable. I mean, a shitty night. Bad weather, as soon as I, I got a call from somebody in Kansas City, not on the team, but somebody who was there watching the game, they were like, yo, it is pouring down rain here.
1: I overheard it and bet the under.
0: Right, you heard that. <laughs> so I grabbed it at 47. Uh, I bought from 46 and a half up to 47, I'm a coward. And I grabbed the Eagles, cause that's just what I was gonna do. And it worked out for me. Another John Gannon parlay hit. We had under Jalen Hurts. Shots, verticals, you can run. <laughs> we we had Jalen Hurts under uh, yardage. Shout out to Nolan for being like, yeah, maybe maybe that's the one there. Uh, and it was, it was like two sixty or something. Uh, and then we had the Jalen Hurts over long completion. I just felt like they'd hit one shot, and boy, did they! Uh-huh. Uh, and then we had the the Hassan Reddick over tackles. And then one more thing, I can't remember. But when you win so many John Gannon parlays, you just fucking forget them, guys. And you know, people people are saying they want to tell me, check out my ex.com uh, timeline. You'll get a parlay like three minutes before the game. Tease God, the God is thrill. Yeah, tease God's dead. Parlay guru. Parlay guru right now is, is alive and well, but you, you'll have about three minutes. It's like a fire drill trying to get that bet in. Um, I had to actually, what's really impressive about that bet, Nolan, and you can attest to this, is that was put in on my end in three minutes on the runway. We're taxiing from the minute the plane pulled out to the minute we took off. I had about three to four minutes and I had to get a John Cannon parlay in and it hit. So you we're got good. That
1: Swift over rushing yards. Swift over rushing yards. Easy that's cash. what it was.
0: Easy cash. Susie hit that 35 yarder. And that's what it was for the Eagles. They, they, it was the big plays, man. It sounded cute when it happened, but I actually think it's real. When the tush pushes run for the first time in that game, I felt like every, everything changed. And it's like some bottom feeder type analysis. But as soon as they hit that thing, I felt like it was tough sledding. And they just got confident. And they hit the big play to to, to Swift, right? Um, you know, the big play started happening. The Devontae Smith bomb, which another thing, like. why i took the over on the on the longest play you know i I knew they'd keep the yards down but i i thought they'd get a shot and when they got their shot they hit it right the tush push gave them a little life they got a big explosive run so when they got to midfield they got their big plays and i think like honestly it's almost like walking in the bar and you're doing fine until like you make eye contact with the biggest baddest dude i feel like getting the tush push run on you is a reminder that they can do that it's and then, their thing so they're they're <laughs> like
2: this is literally i just buttered my bread like this is what i do like you we you can't can, stop this yes. one thing
0: even though it has nothing to do with the rest of the game yes. it's just like a little like oh shit, there's we're still us right like oh we can still do this it was thing. just
2: that reminder that switch flip like oh that's right
0: it's the lamest thing i'll say in this breakdown but man, maybe it's the homer in me and maybe it's like uh loving you know the way Philly fans react to the tush push, but I got a text from a buddy in the second quarter, they haven't run the tush push. It's like it's like people are gonna talk about this for 30 years. Remember when they ran the tush push, the whole thing? Just do the tush push.
2: So little Kyle, this was the tush push. Yes. Let me show you some videos.
0: Let me show you what the Eagles used to do. Willie Gay would, would jump on the, on the pile of people <laughs> on his back and he'd slide like four yards. <laughs> you know, like when they did it, it felt like it was the spark that ignited the rest their, of that run. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. it really was. And and so the big plays were huge, but I thought just that little like, hey, motherfucker, we can do this. And, and it changed the tone of the game to me. It sounds stupid, but I'm telling you, I felt it. Yep. That's all they had going for them, red zone, big plays, and taking advantage of the mistakes that Kansas City made. They got outplayed in a lot of areas. They made a couple big mistakes that a lot of people are talking about. No question, the Chiefs just kind of handed it to them. And like, listen, I think what it comes down to is this. People are gonna make a big deal about the drops. And for Eagles fans, it goes without saying, you're fucking nine and one. We are nine and one. I know some people like it when I say we still. You, we use nine and one off a Super Bowl loss. Do you know how hard that is? Do you know how hard that is after a Super Bowl win? Okay, we won the Super Bowl at this very juncture. We were four and six. I think we got our asses kicked by the Saints on the road down there in New Orleans. And this team just went on the road in November, Monday night football, inclement weather, Kansas City. That place was loud. Arrowhead was loud and they found a way to get it done. So part of this breakdown might be about the prevailing narrative today, which has nothing to do with the Eagles, thankfully, because they're not the team of the week to talk about panicking about. People are buying the Eagles after that game. And the Eagles did what they did best, which is they just didn't crack. You know, whether it's Jalen Hurts, uh, whether it's that defense making big plays down the stretch, the two guys that made big plays in the passing, well, not just in the passing game, you had Bayard, the pick in the end zone was huge, right? And then you had Roby Huge. taking the ball off in the red zone, the peanut punch. Those plays are the difference. And those two guys are the guys that Howie Roseman brought in in the middle of the season. So I don't know, it was with Bayard, although he didn't have the best night in coverage, you know, that that was like kind of a flavor of the night for Kansas City was like, we're gonna try to get the ball to Travis Kelsey and we like the matchup. Well, in the second half, um, what, the Eagles did, and Sean Desai, who I think is great at this. Like, so far, so good. When you, when you need to make an adjustment, he's made those adjustments. We talked about one of the six in my head, adjusting at the half uh, in LA. That, that, that was a really big game for them, right? LA at that point was still really pouring it on as far as like trying to make a run at this thing. I still think they are, but at that point, that was a really tough out for them to go on the road and beat LA. Um, especially, I think they had some injuries. Uh, but they go to they go to LA, and in the second half, they come out and they get a handle on Cooper Cup. Back then, they're shuffling people in, in and out of the slots, shit like that. So I think the side's done a really good job making the necessary adjustments. And then last night coming out in Gotta Have It Downs, when Patrick Mahomes loves to look at Travis Kelsey, they doubled him. And on the play that MVS dropped, it's almost like a, tri- a triple team, you know, because they got the robber coming down on top of the double. And you know, the ball is right on MVS's hands, but uh I'd rather lose that way, right, than Kelsey dinking and dunking you down the field. And early in this game, when you're talking about the Chiefs and you talk about is it time to panic about them? At one point it was 17-7. And I I'm sitting in the hotel room and I'm like, I'm on the other, I'm on the wrong side of this bet. Because you just don't know how it's going to look a year later. I mean, they're similar teams, but a lot has changed. Whether it's Eric Bieniemy going to Washington, uh, whether it's having to rely on some different guys a little bit more outside for Kansas City. Hey, last year they made a run with guys outside. Just guys, lowercase g, guys. No offense, but they don't have a capital G guy, uppercase G guy. Um, the uppercase G guy for them, if you take him away right now, in a money down, which the Eagles did in the second half, Mahomes looks like he's still making that adjustment. Now he's still firing some fucking darts, some some strikes, man, some piss missiles. I mean, right down to the fourth and 25. That ball's gotta be caught, right? Right on his hands. Right on his hands, third and two. MVS uh, on with the game on the line. Third and two, Travis Kelsey, sure-handed guy, your best friend, dropping the ball. People are like, something's wrong with him. I don't think anything's wrong with him. I don't think Taylor Swift is what's up with him, nothing. I think he's, he's frustrated. I think it's a frustrating time for this offense because they're trying to work through some issues with execution, some issues with adjusting out of the half and being able to score at a click that they're accustomed to scoring at. And I think this is a bump in the road for them. I think this stuff is fixable. Now that's not to say I like Kansas City's matchups with NFC teams in the bowl. I actually think those are the toughest matchups for them but here's how it's lining up for them. You look at their schedule the rest of the way, there's not one winning team outside of the Buffalo Bills. Now that's gonna be a challenge and all that, but their schedule is prime for them to make a run and finish 13 and four, 14 and three. And then, you know, I was on Inside the NFL today uh, on the CW with my boys, Ryan Clark, Jake Cutler, uh, and it was Channing Crowder today, Uh, Ocho was out. so. I don't know if he's out cause Joe Burrow's out. I don't know if he's just like, fuck it, I'm not coming into work. I'm only wearing black, I'm mourning Joe Burrow. But we had our first like TV kinda like, you know how I don't love doing TV and I'm like learning to do TV. We had our first segment where it was like, come on, no, 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 no. The guys are like, and it was fun, it was good. But Ryan pushed back on the fact that I'm not panicking about the Chiefs. Hmm. And what I quickly realized, I was like, I felt like Denzel in training day. I was like, wait, everybody at this fucking desk is panicking about the Chiefs? I was like, no, I'm not panicking about the Chiefs. They're like, yeah, but the drops and all this shit and all that shit. And I, and, and I turned to these guys and I'm like, well, you tell me who's going to Arrowhead and gonna beat them. It, like, who do you like more? Kansas City at home in the playoffs. And we're talking about the AFC here, not the Super Bowl because that's gonna be a whole nother battle if they get there. But who do you like better than Kansas City in this, it, it, nobody at, at, at Arrowhead.
1: Home. If they're at home, nobody, not who, even close. Who
0: are they dogs against? Now I know they've lost to some teams that they were favored to beat. You know, Denver Broncos. Uh, you, you you lost uh, to the Eagles last night. You also dropped the uh, the Detroit game Lions. to start the season, which is a funny feeling game. I'm not trying to explain away all their problems. The problems are real. Guys aren't catching the fucking football. But what's what's there a better chance of happening between now and the playoffs? These guys suddenly being able to do their jobs, or Mark Andrews healing, or, you know, Joe Burrow healing, or the Dolphins getting a new offensive line, or a better quarterback than the Chiefs, or the Browns responding to Sean Watson. Like, the AFC is lining up for these guys, and I thought the toughest matchup for them was the Bengals. We know it historically. That's not real anymore. So, like, we can do this TV reactionary stuff where we're like, oh, we got to panic about these guys. They're 7-3. and Yes, Baltimore has a better record technically. They're 8-3. and They played one more game. But look at Baltimore's schedule the rest of the way. I think this number one seed is still Kansas City's to lose. And I think people that are panicking about the Chiefs are being reactionary. And I don't blame you. Maybe it's just I don't like the word. But... Should you be concerned about these problems? Absolutely, it's losing them games. But if we're talking about a team with a margin for error that they can overcome this stuff, sometimes you've been in it year after year. Bill Belichick said the season doesn't start till after Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Now I'm not saying you go out there and try to lose games before that, but what do you expect? They played a fucking really good team, they turned the ball over twice in the red zone, they let them hang around, and that team, the Philadelphia Eagles, you might see them again in the Super Bowl. And when you see them again, who could play a lot better out of those two teams? Right, the Chiefs. The Eagles played well in spots. They didn't play their best game, but I don't see like some big revelation coming to them. If Chiefs catch the ball, we're talking about how Patrick Mahomes is the goat at the end of this 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 day of news. We
1: still should be, to be honest.
0: Well, we are. I mean, like I think anybody who doesn't—that's why they shouldn't
1: panic. They have the best player in the game. They
0: have the best player in the game. Who at the end of the game is like. Hey, yeah, I could have put that ball a little bit out there differently. Which, which is not for nothing to me. Okay, mm-hmm. like some people are like, oh, whoop-de-do, the guy is taking accountability for something that's not even his fault. Right. So what that is is like when when you look at Pittsburgh and you hear Najee Harris make a comment or wait ten seconds to talk, that's what's called a canary in the coal mine. Like, oh yeah, that's that's an indicator that something's wrong. These guys in Kansas City, they do this shit year after year. Now I'm an Eagles fan and I hated them beating my birds in the, in the Super Bowl. but you as, as much as Eagles fans want me to hate the chiefs, you will not get me to disrespect that organization because they, they know how to do this. So I'm not sure what happens the next time these teams play. If it's in Vegas, I think it'll be a hell of a game and it's still a good matchup on both sides. Um, but I thought the chiefs really, really just gave it away. And, and, that's not to take anything away from the Eagles, man, because when a great team gives it away, you gotta be great yourself in situations like when you hit that shot or when you when you scheme up a play to get DeAndre Swift for 35 yards, or when you're punching the ball out in the red zone, or when Bayard picks the ball off when Pat doesn't put enough on it and kind of just, you know, I these are, these are opportunities. They're not gifts, is the way we should put it. And the Eagles took their opportunities last night.
2: And if you remember last year, about the same time, a little later in the season, week 13, they lost to the Bengals 27-23. Yep. Um, or 27-24. And I feel like a lot of the same conversations were happening. Like, they are overreacting on the Chiefs. They were 9-3 at that time. And then they reeled off uh, five straight wins against subpar competition. Do
0: you remember when we were having this conversation? Yes. Is Joe Burrow now the face of the NFL? Exactly. Okay. So I just want people to know, like, listen, big birds fan here. Super glad we got the win. We, my pockets are, are full on a Monday going into Thanksgiving for that reason. So I'm glad it happened, but I also can understand the situation on a macro level, which is that this is the NFL and the very team that I'm sitting there talking to my boys today. I'm like, who's going to come into Kansas city and beat these guys since you're panicking about the chiefs, the Ravens. All right, well, two weeks ago, we were doing this with the Ravens. So this is the NFL. This is how it happens. You know, it's, it's every other week, there's somebody that we're panicking about or getting hyped on. It's about buying low and selling high. And as an analyst, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm panicking about the Chiefs because they're not playing their best ball. They can fix it. Are they different? Are they down? Relatively speaking, they're not the Chiefs of the past. But I think we're holding that against them. And I haven't even mentioned the best part for the Chiefs. That defense, in my opinion, is the best in the league. Now you could say, hey, Browns allow less less yards. There was three weeks ago where I said that in a Ravens segment, Ravens fans, go look at those YouTube comments. You'd have thought it was 2000, okay? Like you'd have thought it was the Ray Lewis Ravens. I'm I'm not taking shots at anybody. We're cutting hairs here. But if you're talking about a group I trust late in the year, functionally, in the setting that they will exist, which is Arrowhead fucking stadium, dude. Like, they are, to me, the most trustworthy defense. So you have all this stuff going for you. You're healthy, you have an offensive line. All these other teams we're mentioning in the AFC, they're dinged, they fire a coordinator, lose a quarterback, Andrews, all these QBs. So all I'm saying is, stop with the the hyperbole here, guys. It's still Patrick Mahomes. They'll figure some shit out.
1: So you mentioned the best part for the Chiefs, but you forgot to mention the best part for the Eagles. Jalen Carter almost made the greatest play I've ever seen.
0: And Jalen Carter, uh, yeah, almost ran away with defensive rookie of the year last night. You know, like Heisman moments, that yeah. would have been a Heisman I moment. I think it still is. I And people, you know, cause I got cash on Jalen to win defensive rookie of the year. And Same. every time I tweet about it, you get like three Seahawks fans. They're like <laughs> the people that you don't know. I like Seahawks fans, despite everything that, over my career, but you know, Hey, go that way. Like, we don't keep it moving, man. We're talking about actual Vegas will tell you that he's the favorite right now. Something could happen between now and the end of the season, but I don't see Seattle getting better, you know? And I think part of it is, like, the team's got to be playing good ball for you to make good plays and get that shine. So I thought it was the funniest fucking thing in the world that this kid, and this speaks to how gifted he is, he saw it on YouTube.
1: Like, subscribe.
0: Where'd you learn that? Saw it on a YouTube channel. I almost made a play that no one in the history of the NFL has ever made. Thousands of spikes. Nobody ever thought about the guy jumping under somebody's fucking legs. And Allegedly, the
1: ball Ed Reed tried it in practices a few years ago. But we
0: don't have tape on yeah. it. I don't have tape on it. This kid's special. <laughs> this kid's special. And and you know, I'll just say this: Eagles not great on third down. They lost time of possession by twenty plays. Um but they were three of three in the red zone. We talked about that and they forced the timely turnovers. And when they gave the ball away, it wasn't in a situation like that. But all I'm saying is, MVS catches that ball. They don't turn the ball in, over in the red zone. And yeah, that's why we play the game. We're not doing this about the Chiefs. They just have to take care of their business, which I think they will.
2: And you mentioned Sean Desai in the in the Eagles defense this season. The two two of the five best passing offenses, the Chiefs and the Dolphins, they held them to three hundred and ninety three yards, twenty seven points, and they're two and zero against both those teams.
0: Yeah. Dude, the Eagles are built for the long haul. Okay, and it it it's a joy that I'm not sitting here talking about what's the panic meter meter for the Eagles because I'd be going bat to bat for them the same way, actually even more vehemently, because I think they're built for the long haul. But the Chiefs are too. Okay, but if MVS
1: had caught that ball, their fans would be panicking.
0: Their fans, who, who's Eagles? Eagles, Eagles fans. Yeah. They'd be like, well, we didn't show up. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts didn't throw for a bunch of yards. They found a way to fucking win. That's what it's about in this league, okay? So hats off to the Eagles. The Chiefs are down, yes, but so is the field. This podcast is brought to you by Cash App, the all-in-one app for spending, sending, and setting easy-to-track savings goals. With multiple tools for saving, spending, and sending, Cash App is an all-in-one way to stay in control of your money. Whether I need to send money to my pumpkin grower, pay for anything related to floating the river, quickly pay back a buddy for a night out on town, or settle a bet, I can always count on Cash App. With security, boosts, discounts, a free-to-order debit card, no overdraft fees, Cash App is like a BFF for your money. It can be your read. Read's my BFF in the studio. Cash App, the exclusive financial services partner of Greenlight, downloaded in the app store or Google play to see why it's the number one finance finance app in the U S app store. The Steelers, it seems like they maybe got rid of one of their issues today. Yeah, no question. Uh, Matt Canada. And I don't like dancing on guys graves, so to speak. So I try not to do too much of the, you know, ha ha ha. Like, you know, this guy got fired and the whole thing. Um, but this is good for the Steelers. I mean, it really is. And you know, like, all I had to see today, and I don't know if it's out of context, but it sure looks like it's in context. It almost looks like AI, it's so crazy. But Matt Canada's walking into the tunnel in a game last year after the game, and I guess they had just won, and Matt embraces somebody, and there's a lot of hugging, and within earshot of Matt Canada, Chris Boswell, the kicker, and a good kicker at that, but the kicker is like, It's got nothing to do with you. I'm paraphrasing, but he, it was a game that, you know, Chris hit like five field goals or something and they probably won. Matt Canada's, you know, high-fiving and jacking off, walking into the locker room. Chris Boswell's like, not so fast, my friend. He just says it, like there's 50 people around. It's almost like a couple at dinner that seems to be getting along well and as soon as like you catch them going in the car and they just start arguing, like that's how this argument was. It wasn't even an argument. Like I don't know if I don't know if Homeboy heard him but uh but Chris Boswell was like, "Yeah, I don't give a fuck. I'm the kicker and I'll tell you you're not doing your job." And this is a year ago. So, all I'm saying is I think what's interesting about this whole situation is Mike Tomlin is a master at keeping problems in-house. And for as dysfunctional as it seems like it's been inside the walls of that building, they've kept it in the building for the most part. George Pickens, we had a hiccup there, okay? George, come back to us. Come back to us, you're young. Don't prove these people right about everything they said about you coming in the draft. You'll get your targets eventually. That's why I told him three weeks ago, not that he's listening, but you know, George, be patient. Matt Canada's not gonna be your guy the entirety of your career. You don't want people to look at you sideways because of a situation that was fucked up and you come out of it looking looking bad. Here's your chance. Maybe this weekend he gets eight targets. The way Diggs got a bunch of targets, Kincaid got a bunch of targets this week. Gabe Davis got one, one target. You see deviations in game plans and target shares based on who the coordinator is. Not just that, understanding of the football game. We'll see how good this guy Sullivan is, who evidently has a good relationship with Kenny Pickett. That, that information, I don't know if there's something to glean from that, like that's some big positive or not. But you know he has a good relationship with him, so that's good. What I want to see is Kenny Pickett let the ball loose over the middle of the field. And I, you know, like, I think this weekend, we're going to see what they've been frustrated about. I think what they do differently is going to be illuminating. Because we all know, like, there are things that we want Matt Canada to do better. But sometimes in an NFL building, the big issue is hidden from the public. Could be a relationship with Kenny. It could be simply George Pickens. It could be Jalen Warren. It could be, you know, it it could be throwing the ball over the middle of the field. It could be Kenny's mindset, you know, like, and I'm not explaining away some of some of his play because right now it looks like it's 50-50 whether he's gonna be the guy next year. But you got to give him an opportunity to prove he's not just what we've seen so far. And if you can't do it, then move on. But the point is, like how you've been playing it is not gonna get you any closer to making that decision. Like, if he's auditioning for next year, what the Steelers can't do, they're trying to win, right? How much better would Kenny Pickett have to be for them to make a Super Bowl run? 35% was the number I threw around. Okay, not going to happen. No offensive coordinator is going to give you a 35% boost right away. I don't think so. We're, We're working in the margins here when it comes to little things that are separating factors between scoring 24 points and 10 points. But for the Steelers, you have to find out what you have in Kenny Pickett because I think they're a play. I think they're going to the playoffs. Me too. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna win nine games this year, slide into the playoffs, give somebody hell for a week, maybe two. But a lot of it depends on what this new scheme looks like or the the, the alterations look like. And for me, an example would be Kenny Pickett and just his seeming. Um, hesitation to make mistakes right like and the result is he doesn't make mistakes that's a that's a great thing for them but i think there are chances you can take and i think he has to start taking them i think when you get out of your own gold zone like you know uh out outside the red zone if you get to like the 40 yard line and you feel like uh we want to take some shots we want to get more aggressive i think you do that um
1: and in terms of their playoff odds like they have two games coming up against the Bengals that they would have been big dogs in. Now they'll be favored in both.
0: Well, that's the whole thing, man. Like, I'll, I'll just say this. Last week, there was a play that I saw where Kenny Pickett had two crossers in the red zone. It was a play he got sacked on, okay? Gotta try to get six down there. And I know his mindset is, I, I can take a sack, like, just don't turn it over. I think that's his mindset. He's got, he's waiting for the crossers to clear. As soon as they clear, he might be able to just rifle that thing in there. But I think he waits a beat because there's color in the A-gap and he's about to get hit and he doesn't want one of these.
1: I question if he has the rifle.
0: You, well, you, you don't think he has the arm. No. But when I see him throw the ball outside the numbers, I'm not saying he, doesn't, he has elite arm strength. But what I am saying, he's not as hesitant out mm-hmm. there because you got a best friend in the world, the sideline out there. You miss somebody out there Fuck it.
1: And Pickens is the only guy that can catch it on over there.
0: And Pickens is a real, a real weapon for you outside. If you can miss, you can miss in any number of places. This guy's going to give you a chance. So to me, I want to see Warren get more carries. I want to see him work the middle of the field. Uh, I want to see him play less safe. Okay. Like in general. And I, I'm just curious. I'm generally curious to see what are the differences in where they need to be in their minds schematically and where they were because I think it'll tell you a lot of where these frustrations were coming from. The Boswell video was crazy. Mm -hmm. But I do want to give Tomlin credit. I I want to say Tomlin hung on to this guy too long, but I also think Tomlin knows that it was time to make a decision and I think he's done a good job of keeping the issues in-house. Without
1: throwing Canada under the bus, like a lot of other head coaches have done with their coordinators, which maybe comes from job security.
0: Yeah, and and that's why Tomlin, you know how like guys that are secure in themselves, they just walk around and they're secure. They don't have to be assholes to everybody. Well, fuck, that's Mike Tomlin. Like he's treated this, this whole situation with class, even if he's had the wrong guy. Um, and Brandon Staley, you saw him the other day. It's like, it looked like he was about right. to fire the offensive coordinator. Yeah. Anyways. Whatever you're looking forward to this football season, there's one thing that pairs well with every great moment, and that is an ice-cold Miller Light. Whether you're at the stadium, playing fantasy football, or watching the game at home, or at the bar, Miller Light is here to make your football season taste like Miller time. From kickoff to the clock runs out, you can't go wrong with a Miller Light in your hand. It's the only light beer with a taste worthy of our national obsession. Because what's the point of having beer if it doesn't taste like beer? I go to Dirty Nelly's every weekend. Sometimes I'm prepping for the show at the bar on Saturday night, watching a little college football, getting ready to lay out our Miller Lite moments. Uh, I like to have an ice-cold Miller Lite right next to me. And the folks at Dirty Nellie's they know when I get there to have my ice-cold Miller Lite. It's got only 96 calories and 3.2 carbs for 12-ounce serving with a smooth taste and a crisp, clean finish. You get the taste you crave without the calories. So this season, crack open a light beer that hits your taste buds so hard, you feel it in your heart. Make it Miller Time all season long. Get Miller Lite delivered right to your door. Visit millerlite.com/greenlight. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs for 12 ounces. So let's talk about these games real quick. Let's let's let's, let's hit
1: the Thanksgiving sleep first. Yeah. That's what I want to talk about. I want to know what to bet on.
0: Uh all the favorites. Okay, so what I put in was uh and you guys, I think I told you this, but I, I I'm putting I already put a teaser in uh with the with the Lions and the, the, the 49ers. Cause I, I just don't see these two teams losing and I just gave them the, the kiss of death, but I don't I don't see it. You know, I tried to I maybe But the Sharps love Green Bay. May they always do. Do they love them this week? No, I don't think so. I think they do like them this week. But the point they can't quit Green Bay. But the problem is, and I ran a bunch of scenarios through my head. I think Green Bay's got a score with them. And I don't I I I don't know that they can. You know, like, and for me, if I'm Detroit, the big question I have is. Your D-line, I think you got an advantage here, right? And we saw Aiden make a play then that game. Uh, they've got studs up front. They're not that deep with playmakers. We've talked about this. I am worried about on a like big, big picture kind of deal. Like, can Detroit keep up with some of these teams because of the way their defense plays? If they play a, an elite defense and all of a sudden they're they're getting stopped on a regular basis and that sort of thing, like you're not going to be able to do what you did to the Bears right. every time. You're not going to be able to live as dangerously as you've been living
1: even though their defense has deficiencies i do love brian branch oh i my love God. brian
0: branch i love brian branch i love hutchinson i love mcneil um i think anzalone has been great this year but i just mean to say they don't have like a bunch of blue chip guys right um they're still building that thing out and they've had trouble in spots bleeding a lot of yardage including sunday the chargers so, game the chargers game sunday And the quarterback run game gave them a lot of problems, needless to say. And I think the most interesting thing is as a player, sometimes you come off a game like that where rush lanes were, although it was a tall task, you got gashed. You got gashed in the quarterback run game. You got gashed on some of these scrambles and coaches get really tight. Like I'm telling you, the tightest building. If they lost that game, the defensive staff room in a normal NFL meeting facility would be really uptight because defensive line coaches, coordinators, that's like the last way they want you to get beat. Uh We got to take the the quarterback away, all this stuff. We can't let this guy hurt us like the guy last week. Well, two things. Number one, the guy last week is one-on-one from a size, strength, speed standpoint. I mean, he's even more dangerous than Josh Allen. Yeah, he is. Um, Maybe in some of the the power football situations you might like Josh
1: or Jalen but yeah
0: but in the open field this guy can kill you like that and he's you know Kyler Murray you fit him in a shoebox this guy's <laughs> this guy's up here so like he's got the best of both worlds there and, and he had
2: a chip on his shoulder last and week. he had a chip on he's his coming shoulder back
0: so the question for me is are the Lions gonna come out with a chip on their shoulder and say hey man last week we couldn't fucking rush we had to we had to worry about rush lanes it was we, we were we were scared of fields running the ball he burn us are these defensive coaches going to take the approach of like the former players that they are you know and understand that it's never going to be perfect we got to let these guys rush we can't slow them down this week jordan love is not justin fields go out and win your matchups rush your ass off play reckless um don't be tight cuz of last week now i think looking at the turnovers i was surprised to see this honestly I'm not saying I thought he was a turnover machine, but Jared's actually been the best in the league, one of the best couple guys in the league in turnover-worthy plays this season. The one thing I know about Jared is if you get him off the spot, it's trouble. They gotta block the guys, Kenny Clark, Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, those dudes, you gotta block them up, I think they're up to the task. But I think the, the, the thing with Jared is the only scenario outside the defense, but offensively, the only scenario where I see them not taking care of business and vying for home field is if Jared Goff continues to turn the ball over. That's that's what's going to make their them. Kryptonite. If 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 he does this, because he threw five picks last month, okay, and tried to throw Jalen Johnson one last week, that's not who he is. Let's get let's get off this thing, right? If I'm Dan Campbell, hey, that's not who you are, Jared. Like we got to stop. And whatever it is. We gotta we we gotta we gotta fix this, okay? They gotta be able to run the ball. They will. They ran for two eleven the last time they played. Gib-
1: Gibbs has looked great.
0: Yeah, Gibbs has looked great. Montgomery's great. They've won their their last five against Green Bay, which is wild. Like when you think of turning the tide for an NFL team.
1: They need to turn the tide on the whole holiday though, because they're always like the lovable losers on Thanksgiving. Yeah. About a forty percent win rate on Thanksgiving. Let's turn that around. Yeah.
0: And I think, uh, you know, like they played a couple years ago against the, uh, against the bills. And this is when the bills were the bills and the lions were the lions, but they were trying to be the new lions and they, they gave them a game, man. So I'm excited to see this game because I want to see Detroit play a clean football game. They got to start competing against the teams they're not playing against right now. They're playing down to teams level. You know, they're playing down to, Uh, whether it's the Chargers, all those yards, not putting them away early in the game. Vegas, the red zone problems last week, the turnovers. That stuff's not gonna fly. Let's get it out of our system now, and this week would be a really good week to continue to dominate Green Bay. You gotta be able to run the ball. Um, Christian Watson for Green Bay, gotta get something out of him, right? If you're Green Bay, the offense is doing this, and you're doing this without this guy. And I, I always say this, my lasting memory of him was that first time he uh made a bunch of plays against the Eagles. At least the first time I really he hurt my team and I had the under in that game, second half. It didn't wasn't even close. Uh it was Rodgers going off in the second half, and it was this dude just deep crossers, guys trying to keep up with this big SOB. He's got long strides. Why are we not getting more out of him? You know, so Wicks is balling, our guy. Yeah. Dontavian Wicks. UVA, dude, I like the receivers, but you got to get some more out of Christian Watson. I think they take care of business. I tease them with the Niners. Let's talk about the Niners because I think this is a spot where I just don't see it. Watch this. Black Friday, somebody's going to run this back. All these teams are going to lose. But I just really like the favorites here. Uh, Seattle catching like seven points.
1: Down to six and a half today.
0: Down to six and a half. That's why I've waited to bet it square. But it's a physical toll playing san francisco and i don't know like the idea i got sometimes you can watch a game and tell how physical it was and how how gassed guys are going to be division game la rams um down there a team that beat you up the first time you blew that game so mentally it's really draining you know you had a chance to go up big and put them away and you can feel the season slipping away from these guys And I would say usually it's a back against the wall game, but Gino was out for part of it. He may or may not play. I mean, they're saying he has a good shot to play, but like, I don't know how he feels. He got hit by a fucking F-150. At least like a Ford Ranger.
1: Amazing effort by him to come back in at the end. Absolutely. That last last drive. Absolutely,
0: and he got it done, but they fucked up the clock management. So Seattle's got to play cleaner. I talk about this every time. Third down, red zone, penalties. Being on the same page outside. Now they get Abe Lucas back and on the other side they got to look at Ufanga as yeah opportunity let's see what the safety's about so we'll see what they throw at him um but i i um i think this is a game where the last three times they they beat them by 46 points combined i think it was um 3 and 0 last year the San Francisco 49ers were so just just a good spot i think it's a good spot for the uh, you know Pete Carroll's 8 and 5 against Kyle Shanahan, but Kyle won all 3 3 matchups last season by a combined margin of 46 points. So I feel like it's a good spot for them in the next
2: and, the next four games
1: for the Seahawks, San Francisco, Dallas, San Francisco. It's hell. Um, That's why their playoff odds are close to 50% even though they're 6 and 4. Well, it's
0: hell, and I I you know like I it's not that I have an axe to grind with the Seahawks, I just don't believe it, I'll believe it when I see it. You know, like there was a time where you almost had me believe in and now believe it. When I see it, you can go a long way to making me believe in the rest of America by taking care of business uh, this Thursday, which which it's unlikely, but you are playing at home, right? It's up there, twelve. the 12s are gonna be out, it's a night game. And I thought, Brock Purdy graded out really well in all the metrics in that game last year, but there were some shaky moments from him early in that game. And you know, like, this is a tough environment. So at the end of the day, you want to see the new guys make plays. Leonard Williams, Mafe has been balling out. Let's see. Let's see him come on. Uh, but this is a game where where San Francisco is going to spread them out a little bit, get them out of base, be an 11 personnel and and run the ball. at will hit the perimeter, get the matchups they like in the past game, and they should just go. And that um, Walker
1: injury is a pretty big loss.
0: Walker Walker's Seattle. a big loss. So, dude, I don't I don't love the spot for the Seahawks and more than anything. There's back against the wall games, and then there's teams that are ready to quit. And I'm not saying they're ready to quit, but with this schedule coming up, they know they need this one. Punch them in the mouth real good and see what they got Thursday night. You gotta start fast. Start fast if you're San Francisco. And the other one, man, I got this funny feeling in my gut. I don't know if it's because the the commanders have taken care of business against the spread on the road, and I'm basically mm-hmm. looking at this game like a gambler. I don't think the commanders win this game and there's no real evidence in my head that would would support the Cowboys losing this game, especially at home. They're beating teams by like slaughter rule scores at home, like four touchdowns a game, like four scores a game at home. The Commanders have actually been pretty good against the spread on the road, and I feel like this is a game where you could see them be frisky, at least relative to expectation. If I had to guess, I think they're the team that covers. It's the dumbest thing I've probably said the whole show. And I I don't have any data to support it. I don't have any, it's just a hunch. You know, they actually beat them on Thanksgiving two Thanksgivings ago. Right, Beat them up good. Different team, the whole thing, but we'll see. It's all about the favorites Thanksgiving. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm on my game time app right now. I'm looking at Virginia Tech tickets. You know, maybe we'll win one of those at some point. We did it with Bryce Perkins. Anyways, I keep scrolling on the app. I'm gonna get tickets to the Commonwealth Cup. GameTime makes it easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, even last minute deals. I know because I always wait till the last minute. You can preview the views from all your seats in the venue and GameTime's lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, protects my tickets. That's what I need. GameTime is obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, and even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last-minute seats. Find exclusive flash deals and sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. With Zone Deals, you pick the section, and Game Time picks the seats for big-time savings. And the Game Time Guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account. And use code GREENLIGHT for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code GREENLIGHT. G-R-E-E-N-L-I-G-H-T. That's the code for $20 off. Download Game time today, last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Uh, Marquee games. Bills, Eagles. Ooh, that's a good one. Points, points, points. Okay, because I, I I worry more about this offense. In Philly. Yeah, I worry more about this offense than I did the one last night. You know, the concern last night was that defense. Mm. Eagles are going to be able to move the ball. They're going to be able to run the ball on these guys. Um I actually just see Josh giving that defense more problems than the group last last night did, uh, and I cannot wait to see the matchup of Josh Allen, Jalen Carter, Josh Sweat, the Joshes, just like these big fucking monsters, uh-huh. you know. Like, and I love seeing when when in these these crunch time games when Josh has got to have it and the D line straining and, and everybody's the same size. And it's just the biggest and the baddest and the most physical, uh, you know, just going at it. And it's going to be a premier game. It's going to be good cameras. You're going to see everything. You're going to see all the exchanges. You're going to see every look on Josh's face. I, I love this game. I can't wait to see it. I think it's going to be a battle, but I think the Eagles pull away late. Um, I would say over is the play. I already put the over and it's 47 and a half. This is also the uh, Rasul Douglas revenge game, but I still like the... I like the matchups for the Eagles offensively across the board, and I think they're gonna pound the rock. But the matchup defensively for me that stands out is Sasan Reddick and Brandon Graham on Spencer Brown. Gotta win that one. You win that one, it could be a good day for you. Um, and watch out for James Cook. They got him going last week against that Jets front. They just forgot to run him in the red zone. I think this is a game where you see points and I think the Eagles win. Chargers Ravens. Okay, something to me in this game that's interesting is I want to see what the Ravens look like without Mark Andrews for a week. You know, like um, we've made a, a big deal about these wide receivers not being as productive. Odell at times, like even Zay at times where you're like, man, it's tantalizing, but he's just not taking a full advantage of the passing menu at times. And th- this offense is very balanced at its best. Like this year was very balanced at its best where we can line up gaps, give me death. We can run QB, read, you know, you talk about the Seattle game where, you're, you're watching plays where the linebackers, it's the quintessential um, resource allocation conflict. It's just playing Lamar Jackson, trying to sit in the middle of the field and know what the fuck he's gonna do. You got all pro tight end out here, you got the the play fake, you've got somebody across the formation, and oh yeah, the quarterback can run a four or five. Like, it's, it's a problem. They're very balanced. Um, but in this phase, They've gotta figure out what they have outside. Odell, time to make your money, right? Um, he's come on as of late. I thought he had some really nice nice snaps the other night. Um, and when it comes to the tight end position, somebody's gotta step up. You know, like Isaiah Likely, we talked a lot about him coming out of the preseason last year, all that stuff. Like, well, show us what he's got. Um, and, you know, from a personnel standpoint, how is it gonna affect what they do? Um, I think that's the interesting one because one matchup I would have loved in this game for the Ravens would have been Mark Andrews against these linebackers. That's a weakness that you can't exploit. So I do think this thing could get a little interesting. Um, But overall, I think the Ravens win as long as they don't do the dumb shit that's put them in situations uh, that they don't want to be in, quite frankly. And a lot of them happen before the half. So if you're watching that game, keep an eye on the Ravens offense in the second quarter. I don't know why it's the second quarter but it's just something about the second quarter for these guys. They botch things.
1: And it was reported this week that Mark Andrews' injury might not be season-ending, so he could potentially come back in a later playoff run. He
0: could be back. So if you see the Ravens and the Chiefs in the AFC Championship, that'd be a big boost for them. We talk about that possible matchup. Um, If you can give Herbert time to operate, maybe. Um, The Chargers got a lot out of Herbert scrambling last week. I'll be curious what their mindset is there. Do we see a lot of like chess matches between Hamilton or whoever's spying him and, and Herbert? Because he can really hurt you with your legs and I think there's gonna be a lower scoring game. And in a low scoring game, 30 yard scramble by Justin Herbert can break your back. So that's the one thing you gotta watch out for. Um, I like the Ravens here, but they are gonna be figuring it out. And one more thing about the AFC North. We were talking about the Steelers earlier and making a change and all that shit. I almost forgot to say this. It is no it's no certainty that they're gonna win this game this weekend. Every game's basically the same to the Steelers, right? It's 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 all the same. They're to gonna score 20
1: points and you might win.
0: And that's the thing. I was gonna say, what's the magic number this week? Well, on the road, they've they've averaged 15 points of offense, like 15-9. nine. Seventeen, I think, is like you're okay, but you're gonna want twenty. Cause I honestly think this, and we were talking about this this Browning kid. I don't think he's like Dumpster fire bad. And I could be eating my words Sunday, and I hope I am, because I got that that Steelers win total, it's gotta clear. But they got a good offensive coach, right? He's taking a lot of shit, sure. but they, they've they got good guys outside. You just played DTR, you think this kid's as good as DTR? I don't know. But you know what he's got? He's got guys outside. And um, I think quick game against the second level of the Pittsburgh defense, the linebackers have to play better. They're into their depth. like. They could quick game you to death. They could get the ball out on the perimeter and and set up third manageable and mixing could have a day like there are paths for the the Bengals winning this game and kind of spoiling the fuck out of Pittsburgh Steel, Steelers season because they need these games. So if you're the Steelers, like similar situation where there's a change, you're working something out. You got to score if you're the Steelers, and I think the Ravens too are going to be working through some kinks with Mark Andrews out. Jags Texans. Cannot wait to see this game. Cause they might see each other in the playoffs, honestly. Like if, if the season ended yesterday before Kansas City won, that's who was slayed to play in the first round. It was supposed to be uh it was supposed to be Jags and and, and Texans again. And I think this is so interesting because there's a lot riding on this game, not just for playoffs, but like on a macro level, the way you think about this division. Man, a year ago, Jags were sitting pretty at this point. Like, they had come on. You're thinking, damn, look around this division. Derrick Henry's getting older. Tannehill's a guy, we think. Nobody's got a quarterback. Nobody's got a quarterback. And then Lovey Smith happened. Lovey Smith got them where they needed to be. Great script. uh, To pick C.J. Stroud. Now, I don't know if they were ever going to pick the other guy. I forget what, what they ever said about that. But the point is the chips fell where they did. And now you've got this franchise quarterback in Houston. And this defense, if you have, as a team or as a defense, if you have a CJ Stroud problem, it's gonna be a long five years. If you have a D'Amico Ryan's problem, it's gonna be a long five years. And I think we're gonna find out a lot more in this game because in the first game, the Jaguars made a lot of mistakes, a lot of drops. I think interception tipped. um, And you you had an Agnew fumble. There was all types of shit. A lot of the drops were Calvin Ridley. Now, what I like that they did last week is they got Calvin Ridley in the slot and uh, that's where he ate in Atlanta. And I'd like to see more of that. But the bottom line is Trevor didn't play as bad as, as I, I thought he did when we look back at it. Now it's time to prove you can hang with these guys and beat these guys. Cause you you do not want to, this, this franchise has owned you lately. Houston's won 10 out of the last 11 games against Jags. I it was like, it's almost like a misprint. This rivalry has changed so much, but the constant has been Houston winning. And I worry that if they lose this game, you're gonna feel like, damn, we, we're in for it. Like, we are no longer top dogs, and this young quarterback on a team that we thought had nothing. Imagine, the first time they got beat, Houston didn't have a run game. Right. So that's a new wrinkle. So, you know, and like
1: firstly, though, if the Jags can go in there and win, the Texans are no longer likely to even make the playoffs. They'd be under fifty percent. And the Jags could have a legit shot at the number one seed.
0: You want to put this team away and go where you're trying to go. And that's one of the reasons I might like the Jags this weekend is their backs I feel like there's more pressure on the Jags. No doubt. How, how like much the is Texans the... are just freewheeling. They're 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 playing with house money, like their young team, like and I think if they get in there they can make noise. But the Jags, they're trying to go places like the thing you just said. And the schedule lines up for that. How much of a reset game was the
2: 49ers for the Jaguars? Like for them to realize, like, this is where we need to get to in with our goals. Let's get serious and well, run I, through the rest I of the I hope season. it was a
0: reset game. I really do. Um, you know, we talked about Doug off the bye, not as great in Philly. You know, that's one area that he hasn't been as good, like relative to the rest of his, his, you know, his reputation as a coach. And I, I just want to chalk it up to that, I guess. You know, like, I hope so. You know, because I I like this team. I want them to go uh, places. But, you know, I kind of love both these teams. I mean, these two teams are a lot of fun to root for. With Dougie P down in Jacksonville, I'm always going to pull for them. And I love this young quarterback and D'Amico Ryan. So, this is maybe, you know, it's funny. In that first game, it was like, hey, CJ, prove that you can go toe-to-toe with us. And in the second game, it's kind of like Jacksonville, prove that you're ready to go toe-to-toe with us for the next five years. Mm Mm-hmm. It's crazy how that scale flipped, but that's that's the way it is. And uh, I think it's a big test for them to go the places they're trying to go, as you mentioned. And uh, for Houston, it's kind of existential too. Yeah, and in unlike
1: him. most in-season narratives, this actually feels important.
0: Yes, dude, I'm excited about this game. I saw a really funny thing on Inside the NFL today, some of the B-roll with CJ Stroud in his center. And like he made the center change his jersey last week because he was like dripping wet. <laughs> Like he's he evidently he has the wettest center in the NFL. This guy is just like, it's like a Corvallis scene. I don't know, Steamy out there. It was. Uh, and and another thing is every time we see CJ Stroud on mic'd up and Ryan and Jay got to interview him today for inside the NFL. He just talking to his teammates. It's like seeing him talk vet to vet with some of these vets. It's crazy. That's dude. Awesome. He's got a different thing about him. Love the guy. It's a prove-it day for both these teams.
1: All right, mid-tier, first Black Friday game ever, Dolphins at Jets.
0: I cannot wait for – oh, no, not this one. I I can wait for this one. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait for Browns and and, uh, Denver since we're now Broncos country, uh, God's country, let's ride. Jets, uh, Jets, Dolphins. There is a path for the Jets. I'll be brief on these mid-tier games. There's a path for the Jets. you got to get 14 points off turnovers. (laughs)
1: <laughs> no, I mean only fourteen.
0: Well, hey, is it the tallest task in the world? I mean, like, I'm not saying it's likely. I think this game probably ends like 27 to to 13 or something. But there is a scenario sure. w- where, where you know, like last week, they fumbled the ball, they threw a pick, they fumbled the ball. That's how Vegas stayed in that game. If you can convert some of these opportunities into points, it's not likely, but you do have a path. Not to sell hope to the hopeless. Cause that's a fucking, that's not something I want to, I want to pedal. Like that's not a, not something I want to, I want to do for a living, but the Jets, there is a chance. And the chance is converting turnovers into points. That's it. And for the defense, listen, man, you're not hearing this, but I want to talk to you guys. People are watching these tapes, man. People see what you're doing. People see, you know, uh, Quincy Williams, what you're doing on the second leg, like, people are seeing you going bowling. People are seeing CJ Mosley play with energy and 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 juice and life and and you know, the, the guys up front, people are taking note of that stuff. But don't let this sad shit going on on the other side of the ball keep you from getting your money and putting out your best shit on tape, you know? Like every week, and they've done this for the most part, but don't break down now. It doesn't matter where you're going. Are you going anywhere? I don't know. It doesn't fucking matter though because it's on tape and and this stuff matters so as as hard as it is to watch what you've watched this year just don't give up because there's a lot of guys that that play on defenses like this i've been on defenses like this and i see the guys make the choice it's like it's like you see it in the guy's eye when he when he's given up and he's, he's not going to have that that attitude anymore he's not going to have that infectious energy and don't do that man like go out there and say hey fuck it this is the biggest challenge in the world let's do something great let's do something nobody expected us to do like if i was on jets that would be my message to my dudes would be like fuck it let's go out there and i want people to be like why are these guys playing so hard like are they crazy are they doing like
1: they're not crazy they know aaron Rodgers is coming back they know aaron Rodgers is
0: coming back that's what people should turn on the tape and say And, and thus far for the most part it's been that way so i expect them to do that but winning with Sleepy Tim Boyle is going to be tough.
2: Do you know? Do you have any idea why they would start Tim Boyle over Trevor Simeon? He's a double-digit star. That's what actually I actually Has a positive. I'm not. Interception I'm ratio. not
0: well versed enough in the situation, but maybe Tim Boyle has a scheme preference thing. You know, Tim. Maybe maybe it's a Hackett fit thing, or maybe it's just trying the younger guy, right? You know, trying the younger guy. <laughs> which has worked out well for them so far. All,
2: all the signs seem to point to like Trevor. All the all the, you know, math.
0: That's what I thought. You and know? maybe it's Trevor this weekend. And maybe the, and maybe that's the the card they have up their sleeve mm-hmm. and they weren't quite ready. Maybe Trevor had something going on physically. Maybe but maybe it's been talked about and people know the answer to this. So if you Jets fans know, let me know. It's just not my job to to follow everything the Jets are doing right now. <laughs> it's you've played yourself into this situation. But I hope the defense get John Franklin Myers outside mm-hmm. and pull a fucking tackle. You know, like collapse this pocket. See what happens. Um, hate week, New Orleans, Atlanta. I love hate week, never experienced it myself, but what I realized after football is that it might be the best rivalry in the NFL. It doesn't get talked about. And it's a pick'em. And it's a, it's a pick em And it's, it's a division where you're like, who wants to win this thing? <laughs> Do any of y'all want to win this thing? And honestly, Mike, Mike Thomas going down, like it's all bad for these teams right now. So I want to find out Ritter starting again. Ritter starting again. I don't know what it's going to take. You looked at this. What do you think it takes to win this division?
1: I I'm, I think it's possible. It, it is possible that seven wins could to get go seven division. and a yeah. seven and ten. Seven and, and ten. Seven and ten. Eight is the more likely.
0: Nine possible. Seven and ten. I mean, I I was in a I was in a division where it came down to two seven and nine teams. I mean, and you could have your first seven and ten team win the playoffs. The fucking Marshawn lynch beastquake game, we got them in the playoffs. I've talked about this all the time. We got them in the playoffs because Charlie Whitehurst and his cool fucking hats and his great hair and his timely shots and turnovers beat us up in Seattle week 17. Back when we only played 17, these guys now need 18 games to sort it out. We needed 17. And what we found out at the end of that, that run was like it's probably better to let the Seahawks go beat new orleans like we wouldn't have done that (laughs) uh but anyways that could be this division this year it's time to ride bijan man like please it is this is your ticket he might be the best thing about your team outside of like i don't know I'm, i'm a big aj terrell guy love him but like bijan robinson is a bona fide stud uh the rookie wall i think sometimes you worry about hitting that wall well you have spelled this guy so now it's time to burn the ships man and go it's time to burn the ships ride this dude you've got you've got a solid run game if nothing else and desmond Ritter just got to avoid the turnovers that got him where he was a couple weeks ago but this quarterback thing is just zany i can't tell what's going on behind closed doors this has quickly devolved into one of the most like i question the function in there i'm not calling it dysfunctional but what i am saying is i question the function of this franchise right now like the the direction where they want to go um and, and, and do, they, do they have enough to win down the stretch? Cause this defense, what a thin line it was between like really exciting veteran laden, uh, interesting addition defense, where on the previews that we talk it through and we're like, yeah, this could work. And a couple injuries, Grady Jarrett included like, and they have a lot of guys that I have not seen play a lot out there. I'll just put it that way. And so this is one that I'm apt to lean New Orleans. I really am, but I'm not touching it because it's hate week and anything can happen.
1: We got another pick'em. Fuck them pick'em's. Rams at Cardinals.
0: Eileen Arizona here. The first game, the Rams beat them up. They beat them like twenty-six nine. But I think Kyler in this offense playing pretty good ball. Stafford was a little banged up last week. Cooper was a little banged up. We don't know what's what with that. James Connor's toting the rock. He's back healthy. Looks good. I actually like the Cardinals here. I really do. <laughs> so i don't have much to say about that game but you know eileen cardinals
1: what about god's country favored by two and a half of so,
0: the browns so extremely excited about this game uh because it could be the rock fight of all rock fights i mean this 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 is
1: 35 and a half is the total
0: yeah it's gonna be awesome it's gonna be awesome and i actually think if you're denver here's why i kind of i kind of think there's a path for them I like your matchups outside. Like, I actually think you can play these guys aggressively, even with Kareem Jackson being out for almost killing another guy. I actually think you can. You can. What do you got out there? You're worried about. Yeah, you got nothing. Simmons, you, Njoku, You've got Cooper. Cooper we've got Sertan. Yeah, exactly. We got Fabian Moreau. Like, guys I would are be nor-
2: more nervous if PJ Walker was behind center because he can actually Ex- like hit what he needs to hit you have a quarterback in dtr who's had two starts one very bad one decent he yep. really only had two good drives this past weekend um now i'm not saying he's a bad quarterback no i, he, I think I, 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 I was pretty impressed impressed with, him. with that drive down yeah. the stretch and yeah, some of the especially. balls
0: he, he threw down the stretch but especially early you could tell he has some balls sail on him mm-hmm. right and so like what i'd want to do if i was denver i would want to press these guys i would want to sell out to stop the run Fuck it like let's find out if you can run the ball and then also I want to find out if DTR can throw the ball in the middle of the field at yeah, an intermediate accurately. level. Because so,
2: there were a, a number of balls that were a hair behind or a hair in front or a hair too t- high, like you said, interceptions. You can't turn those into uh. You
0: can't turn those into picks outside. Right. You're not as likely to do that. But in so, the middle of the field. So make him throw the ball in the middle of the field and find out what the kids got. Now the rushers have to win some. I think the the mismatch is up front. The Brown the, the Browns. Front is fucking studly yeah and they're, we they're
2: have good. to the broncos defense has to stop the run we watched it you know the other night against the vikings they ran for damn near that's why i think 200 yards but i in the think first you're half. in a
0: better situation this week than against the yeah. vikings last week because you can commit bodies to the run game mm-hmm. and say hey dtr beat us yep you know so i i think the guys in the back end can hang i mentioned that but what do you make of looking at this cleveland defense because we talked about the yardage they don't give up a lot of yardage but they have had some games where they gave up some chunks on the ground. And we talked about gap scheme teams taking advantage of their, their aggression. This could be a situation where you take advantage of their, of, of their aggression. Put some, you know, like you had that game plan for Kansas City. Now you needed the turnovers and drops, the whole thing. But they keep putting themselves in positions to win, not losing games. Now you can cash in on some of these gifts if you, if you create turnovers with DTR and for the for the Cleveland defense don't be afraid to run the ball at these guys mm-hmm. it's just about what concepts you use yeah, and you got maulers yeah give it a shot and for
2: um, when the broncos are on offense it's got to be quick it's got to get the ball to p yep. Ryan and get the ball to jerry judy in space quickly Make the pass rush as ineffective and and take them off the table. As, I do as like best the cu-
0: I like the Sutton the way he's playing right now. The Sutton size mismatches. He's one of the best red zone receivers in the league. So you just get the ball down there. Uh, good things can happen. I don't know. And I actually don't hate this spot for them.
1: National media needs to give Sean Payton some credit with Coach of the Year talk. Like, there's no team more improved from September till now.
0: Yeah, no, he's doing a great job. Except that he doesn't cover his face <laughs> when he calls plays. Like, he's just like. Trap. (laughs) Like, everybody else is like, yeah, I'm fucking running a trap. And Sean's just like, Uh, ah. trap! Okay, the uglies, real quick. I'm gonna take 30 seconds on these games. These are very ugly. Panthers, Titans. This is all I'm thinking about. I cannot get this picture out of my head. And some of you fans of Panthers or Titans are gonna feel cheated. Uh, Maybe not Titans fans, but I can't get this picture out of my head. I, I don't wanna analyze this game. I just, and I don't know if I wanna see it or not, but like Jeffrey Simmons landing on bryce young like that's i just can't get it out of my head if you were doing a commercial where like the biggest baddest nfl player was hitting a regular guy i would cast exactly these two guys (laughs) like you want to know what it feels like to get hit by an nfl player the fan just won a contest he's out there and jeffrey simmons who kind of
1: contest is that to win (laughs) i don't know i don't
0: know you want to feel what it feels like you want to feel what it feels like to be in the nfl how about this guy who looks like he just smoked a cigarette and walked out on the field he's just ready to for a fist fight every play jeffrey simmons has to be one of the biggest dogs in the nfl and boy that play he made in the back backfield last week it was like i don't want to say i don't want to go out on a limb but had that was like a clownish play a little bit on that tfl He's a big, violent man, so I can't wait to see this matchup because I am betting the under.
2: If Levis outduels Young, what does that do to Bryce Young's, you know? I think
0: it has a little bit to do with the team, too. Yeah. I'm not ready to give up on Bryce. I, I, I'm i not ready, even after the pick six last week, which cost me and my family money. <laughs> okay, uh, Pats Giants. I like the Pats here. This is a Pats spot. This is one of those things that I feel like all this Bill stuff carries over into this matchup. I think they're going to be up for this game. Um, I think you wanna sell high on DeVito. Not gonna to spend too much time on this thing, but it does have draft implications.
1: Huge game, actually.
0: Colts, Bucks. Here's the deal with the Colts and the Bucks. If I'm excited about something in this game, it's I think these are two of the best mid teams in the league. I think if you're looking at just mid teams, as the kids say, these teams are like upper mid.
1: $10 dime bag.
0: They really are a decent $10 dime bag. <laughs> These guys are de- decent. It's Reggie, but it's, but you know, there's not too many sticks and stems in, in here. Uh, I can work with this. Uh, the Bucks and the Colts, the Bucks have lost five straight before them by one score. Okay. Uh, the Colts are five and five. All right. I Shane, Here's what I want to see. Shane Steichen off a bye. I have a feeling that in like three to five years, we're going to be like, yeah, but Shane Steichen off a bye. He's that kind of coach. So I want to see what they got cooking here. And with the with the Shaquille Leonard stuff, great player, man. Had so much fun watching him in Indy. Like, really admired the way he flew around. Like, made me want to go out there and play football. One of those guys. But injuries over time slowed him down. And obviously, this year, with the money they'd owe him if he got hurt down the stretch here, they had to move him. It's just the risk you can't take. Even in practice. Like, I know he's not playing as much, but even in practice. And I think you know, like some people would say, and he's going to clear waivers because nobody's going to pay him that money at the level he's he's showed himself to play right now. I think he's going to clear waivers. Um, who's going to pick him up? Is he viable? You know, I was talking to somebody and they were like, well, he hasn't been playing a lot. So that might be a bad sign. And that's true. But at the same time, this is a team that's not like, they're kind of in a building phase and they probably don't have him on the field the last month because of this same fact, which is that like they can't, they can't lose out on, on that money that they're gonna owe him. I just wanna say this though, Indy, they've lost a lot of really good players like to burnout. And yeah. you know, like towards the end of their career, like Indy fans, they fall in love with Andrew Luck. He's he's hit out of the league. Bob Sanders was hell on wheels. I mean, but it, he was a shooting star. He was, uh-huh. the, the way he played the game, like was Lewis Delmas was another guy for me in Detroit, it was like just a missile, but Bob Sanders, played himself out of the game by just being too physical um you know Peyton Manning leaves with the neck surgery Shaq Leonard it's back it's this it's that and I also think for him being built kind of like a big safety yeah after a while you make a billion tackles it it wears on you
1: Rick Smith's feet gave out
0: so I mean I, I feel for the guy I, I wish he had gotten more out of his stint in in Indy as a, as a a dude winning a Super Bowl or that sort of thing, but he was tremendous there. And maybe he lands on a contender. So happy Thanksgiving to everybody. I uh, hope you win your bets and have a great day. I, I said it on the Monday show. I'm really thankful for y'all, thankful for the dudes behind the uh, computers here Cowboy, uh, Kingston, Nolan, Aiden, you know, Ralph, all the guys, Scott, that make this show go on a production level um, and the talent the big dogs, Kyle, Nate, Macon, Bo, uh, we got some awesome dudes in this studio, and we thank you, the fans, the listeners, for tuning in. Because we get to do this fucking job, it's barely a job. I mean, I work my ass off at it, me and Reed work uh, nonstop, but it doesn't feel like a job a lot of the time. because It's
2: enjoyable because of them
0: yeah because everybody listening everyone listening yeah because they're you know like what's the point of doing this if it's not talking to you guys right i mean you know so thank you for helping us uh get to love we're at like uh, the day ones especially thankful for you happy thanksgiving
2: all our locals
0: the locals locals only and others